Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, Katie Seagal. Well, from 1994. On November 27, 1971, the made-for-TV film The Failing of Raymond was aired as the ABC Movie of the Week. It was a psychological thriller directed by Boris Segal. Segal had been directing television since the 1950s. His credits include directing episodes of The Twilight Zone, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, Peter Gunn, and The Man from U.N.C.L.E. For The Failing of Raymond, he would cast his daughter in a small role as a patient. Do you know the name of the place where he used to live? Well, that's too bad. Because it's possible that Raymond is in trouble. It makes me feel bad. That... Because I, I like him. I like him a great deal. I take it you like him too. You do, don't you? He opens the door for me. He even holds my chair. Seagal's daughter was credited under the name Catherine Louise Seagal. And that would be the last time she would be credited under that name. She would soon become professionally known as Katie Seagal. Though initially spelled K-A-T-I-E before eventually becoming K-A-T-E-Y. Though there still was some back and forth occasionally. But acting wasn't initially her focus. She wanted to go to music school, as she told Howard Stern in this 2012 interview. I wanted to go to a music college, and he, he wouldn't let me be in the music department. He That's said, crazy. If, you can be in the the if you can audition and get in the theater department, I'll pay for you to go there. So I did. But what's amazing got... is you actually had success as a, you, you were a backup singer. Yes. And you sang for Bob Dylan. Yes. She worked with Bob Dylan for two months when she was just 19 years old. She was fired before the tour even started, and she said multiple times that she thinks it was because she was too starstruck around him. By 1975, she stopped acting altogether and continued her musical path, as she told Jay Leno on The Tonight Show in 1992. But you started out as, what, a singer, right? Is that correct? Yes, yes, and I, I'm still a singer. Well, I mean, you're still a singer. <laughs> no, I know, but I mean, yeah. you started yeah, I out. I started out as a singing singer. Singing waitress, all that kind of thing? Yes, I was a singing waitress. Good. But at the time, it was a great job, you know? Yeah. It was like, I really, I wasn't really qualified to do much else. Actually, I was a terrible waitress. It was my only redeeming fe uh, thing was that I could then sing. So did you get a, wait, uh, a record deal from the waitressing? Did the producer Actually, come I in? Actually, I did. Yeah, I was with a band at the time, and um, a friend of mine, uh, who actually I met while waiting on him, he was a rock star, and uh, he, he is a rock star, and he took me to a record company. Wait, no, wait, no, no back up, just generic <laughs> rock star. Well, it's like a clue game, rock star. I mean, is yeah. he somebody we would know, or you don't want to say his name? Well, no, I don't mind. It's Gene Simmons from Oh, Kiss. sure, from sure. Kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Hi, Gene, if he's out there. And um, he took uh, this band that I was with to Casablanca Records, and we made a record there. The group she's referring to was called The Group With No Name. They released one album in 1976 called Moon Over Brooklyn. It was released on Casablanca Records and produced by Dave Appel and Hank Redress, a couple of Bizarre Albums favorites who also produced the Richard Simmons album that I covered a few years back. And by the way, today's episode has a lot of Bizarre Albums connections. A couple of singles were released from the album, but they didn't chart 
and the album didn't either. But her friendship with Gene Simmons and Casablanca Records would continue. In 1978, Seagal would sing backing vocals on Gene Simmons' 1978 solo album. It was one of the four solo albums by the members of KISS that were all released on the same day, September 18, 1978, when I was just 12 days old. It's unclear which song she sang backing vocals on, so let me just say that maybe she's on this cover, which closed the album, and... Yeah, this is real. In 2017, Katie Seagal released a memoir titled Grace Notes, My Recollections. She spoke about her relationship with Gene Simmons, saying, quote, At first I thought Gene was really weird. I took him home with me that night because he was quite persuasive, and I like men. End quote. The two had an on-again, off-again relationship, until it finally ended when she tried to discuss marriage with him, and he laughed it off. Psh! And they call him Dr. Love. Seagal wouldn't appear on any recordings again until 1981, when she sang backing vocals on the Molly Hatchet album, Take No Prisoners. Again, it's a bit unclear which song she actually sang on, so I'm just going to move forward. Two years after that, she sang backing vocals for Bette Midler on a song from her album No Frills titled Soda and a Souvenir. Nineteen eighty-five would be a big year for Katie Seagal. Not only did she sing backing vocals on the Olivia Newton-John hit "Soul Kiss,", Soul Kiss you let me dream it. she would make her return to acting that year. She talked about this with Howard Stern in twenty twelve. Weren't you like on one of those Mary Tyler Moore shows, but not the not the uh, the big one? The, yeah, the, I was on the one after the big well, one. Great. Oh, <laughs> was that your big break as an actress on television? Uh, yeah, it was my first sitcom, and they you they, were acting in plays, and somebody spotted yeah. you and put you on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yes, yes, and yes, and I and my part was I played this like hardcore reporter, and I'd smoke cigarettes and blow smoke in Mary's face. Unfortunately, that show, simply titled Mary would only last for 13 episodes. And about six months after Mary was canceled, Seagal landed the role that would change the trajectory of her career when she was cast as Peg Bundy in the Fox sitcom Married with Children. Love and marriage, love and marriage Go together like a horse and carriage Married with Children debuted on April 5th, 1987. It's thought of by many as the first raunchy sitcom. In 1989, an anti-obscenity activist from Michigan named Terry Ricolta attempted a boycott of the show. But it kind of backfired. It just led to curiosity from viewers, resulting in a big ratings boost. 
When it was all said and done, Married with Children would end up being Fox's longest-lasting live-action sitcom, in addition to being one of the longest-running live-action sitcoms in TV history. When it went off the air in 1997, it ran for 11 seasons, airing 258 episodes. God, what a lump of sour milk my life is that I'm actually looking forward to a shoe convention. Well, I'm not. Just another place to remind me of my failures, you know, work, home. The bedroom. During her time on Married with Children, she started appearing in movies and other TV shows like The Good Mother, Duckman, and Tales from the Crypt. But also, she continued to sing. Though she doesn't appear in the 1990 Gene Hackman, Dan Aykroyd flop Loose Cannons, she did perform its theme song along with Dan Aykroyd. Do you think it took something like TV putting you at the forefront almost by accident on your part to sort of give you the confidence to then become a solo artist and put yourself at the front of a band rather than as a backup singer? Oh, no, no, no. I had always been trying to be a solo artist, and I just felt like they didn't get it. I misread this. No, no, it wasn't that that gave me the confidence. It gave me a little more cred, you know, because I made my first solo album while I was on Married with Children. And, um, and then up until that point, because of some of my life choices and what I was doing, uh, it just seemed to always elude me. I made records with a band and sang backgrounds to, to really pay my rent. But I, um, yeah, my first solo record was after I was on TV, but I wouldn't say it was because I didn't think I could do it. It was because I was in a better headspace to do it. That's Katie Segal on the Build Series YouTube channel. It's true. During the eighth season of Married with Children, she would finally get to release her first solo album. So on April 19th, 1994, Katie Segal released, well, on Virgin Records. What's with the eye? I'm an alien, all right? Let's drop the subject. Cool, an alien. The album begins with Thunderhead, parentheses, I Just Wanted a Little Rain. It's a song written by Julie Christensen a founding member of American punk roots band The Divine Horseman. It's one of only three songs on the album that Seagal is not a credited co-writer. Up next is the album's first single, Can't Hurry the Harvest. The song features an additional solo vocal by Billy Valentine. Champagne for everybody, courtesy of Billy Ray Valentine. No, just Billy Valentine. He's also sang on recordings for artists like Aaron Neville and Ray Charles. Can't Hurry the Harvest was co-written by Phil Roy and Bob Thiele Jr., who would later write, perform, and produce some music for Sons of Anarchy which Katie Segal also starred in, from 2008 to 2014. Can't Hurry the Harvest even got a performance on Late Night with Conan O'Brien and a music video. Segal was also featured in a segment about the album on Entertainment Tonight, 
where she talked about writing Can't Hurry the Harvest. The song is a personal one written out of the emotional loss she suffered in the aftermath of a stillbirth in 1991. Katie was seven and a half months pregnant at the time, and her character had been rewritten to accommodate the pregnancy on her show. I guess, I, you know, I don't mind talking about it. I'd lost a child, which I think a lot of people knew because it was such a public thing I went through. And um, it was an experience that I thought I wouldn't get through. And uh, I started writing for this record sort of in the middle of getting through that experience. So it was, it was as much a message to myself as anybody else, and it just sort of happened to come out in that form. Still my beating heart So much time Allow yourself to admit Trying to be strong When we break If you don't bend It's a long night But it's all When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Track three is Some Things Are Better Left Unsaid. A couple of notes about this one. It features bass from Freddie Washington. No boom boom. Freddie Washington's played with countless artists, but he may be best known to your ears as later being sampled by slapping enthusiast Will Smith on Men in Black, which was actually a sample of Forget-Me-Nots by Patrice Rushing. In addition to Seagal, the song has two co-writers, and these two co-writers also produced the song. David Frank was a founding member of the 80s R&B group The System, and he also has a Bizarre Albums connection, playing on the Brie Larson album from 2005. The other co-writer also plays guitar on this track, Robbie Neville, who is best remembered for his own hit song in 1986, C'est La Vie. Here's Some Things Are Better Left Unsaid. Moving ahead a little bit, we have Seagal's Guns N' Roses prequel song, 
September Rain. Yeah, I'm aware that was stupid. September Rain features keyboards from John Philip Chanel. Chanel has contributed to over 40 gold and platinum albums, in addition to more than 30 top 40 singles. He's been featured on albums by Tori Amos, Jane's Addiction, Tracy Chapman, The Bangles, and another Bizarre Albums connection. He played on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming out of their shells. And speaking of connections, it also features backing vocals by Laura Creamer, who also sang on the Cheryl Ladd album. Also on backing vocals is Rita Coolidge, a two-time Grammy winner with her ex-husband Chris Christofferson. In 1983, she also sang the theme song, All Time High, for the James Bond film Octopussy. Everything happens for the best If fate is never second-guessed Then why does right feel so wrong? I have my life, it's a lovely world All as Well is a song co-written by Bongo Bob Smith, which is an excellent name. He's also written for Whitney Houston, Joe Satriani, and yet another Bizarre Album subject, and yet another past Bizarre Album subject, Eddie Murphy. next is Act of Faith. One of the backing vocalists on this song is Kip Lennon. In the season three episode of The Simpsons titled Stark Raving Dad, Kip Lennon performed the singing voice of the character Leon Kompowski, who Homer meets in a mental institution. Leon claims to be Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson actually voiced the speaking parts, but Kip Lennon provided the singing voice. Lisa, it's your birthday. Happy Here's a bit from Act of Faith. The album's penultimate track is Best Part. Seagal didn't do any of the writing on this one. This is a co-write between husband and wife Ron Wasserman and Kathy Fisher. Wasserman is perhaps best known as the composer of the original theme song for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers.
album closes with dignity. That's the name of the song. I'm not claiming it has dignity. I'm also not saying it doesn't, but I wonder if that was on purpose. Anyway, the song features backing vocals by Andy Sturmer and Roger Manning of the band Jellyfish, which, if I could get personal for a second, I love Jellyfish. If you've never heard their album Spilt Milk, change that. The song was written by Seagal, along with Paul Gordon, a Tony-nominated composer for his work on Jane Eyre. He also wrote the number one hit for Amy Grant and Peter Cetera, Next Time I Fall. Lost his job and the plant closed down It was about Christmas time, there's no work to be found And like so many leaves we keep walking back We don't notice the pain The album came and went fairly quickly. It charted for two weeks, peaking at number 33 on the Billboard Heat Seekers Albums chart. It was only ever released on CD and cassette, and it's not currently streaming on Spotify. I hadn't even mentioned Rupert Hine yet. He's the producer of the majority of this album. He's produced albums for Rush, Tina Turner, Thompson Twins, Stevie Nicks, Duncan Sheik, and yet another Bizarre Albums connection, Mila Jovovich. And just a couple of other musicians that appear on this album that I never mentioned. John Shanks, who plays guitar and co-wrote one of the album's songs, is maybe best known as the co-writer of Michelle Branch's 2001 hit, Everywhere. There's also Brian McLeod on drums. He's worked with countless artists and even co-wrote multiple hits for Sheryl Crow's 1993 album, Tuesday Night Music Club. He's also a member of the Scrantones, who performed the theme song to the American version of the TV show The Office. Another drummer was Jack White. No, not that Jack White. This Jack White was actually Seagal's husband at the time. And there's also some guitar from Mark Goldenberg who's played on records for Bob Dylan, Jackson Brown, Bonnie Raitt, Linda Ronstadt, Peter Frampton, Eels, Willie Nelson, and he's worked with another past Bizarre Album subject, William Shatner, though it was actually on his live album, which I have yet to cover. But from 2013 to 2015, he even toured with an actor who released a solo album in 2011 called Let Them Talk, Hugh Laurie. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Thaxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarrealbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. <laughs>